Hey, hey, on this episode of Stamp and Chats, you guessed it, me, Chance, the Mexican monster himself, David Benavides. So guys and gals, strap in and thank you for letting us into your years. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome back to a very special edition of Sapa Chats. Please do not adjust your screens. Ladies and gentlemen, beside me and in Vancouver, Mr. Chance Michaels, the real Mexican monster, David Benavides. Brother, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's an honor. It's a privilege. Bless. Thank oh, yeah. you. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. And I'm, you know, I'm really happy I'm on here with you guys today. Fantastic. David, let's just start. Honestly, man, at the end of the day, when when I hear the name David Benavides, I see warrior, I see this, I see, you know, talent, I see knockout artist, savage. Who is David Benavides? So, so you know, David, I feel like there's two different David Benavides. There's a one in the ring, and there's a one the regular person that every day goes about his business. Um, David Benavides in the ring, he's a warrior, he's fierce, he's a person that tries to inflict as much damage as possible. You take me out of the ring, you know, I'm the nicest person, you know, I put everybody before myself and I want to make sure everybody's good. So it's kind of a, a split identity, but you know, this is, this is what it is uh, in this, in this game. It's either, I don't like to say it cause it's, it's, it sounds a little, a little hard, but it's either kill or be killed. You know what I mean? But that's just how it is in boxing. And, and you know, I'm just very grateful to be here today. That's fantastic. So we know boxing is a family affair. Everyone in the family is involved, but what was your path? To the ring. How did did boxing find you, or did you end up finding boxing yourself? I honestly say, uh, I I think I don't think boxing did find me. I, I it obviously started with my older brother. He's the one that started boxing. You know, he started boxing at six, and um, I'd be in the gym with him at you know two years old. You know, just like how my son is now. It's it's always funny to see my son because that's exactly how I was. Yeah. yeah. So I was just in the gym with him. But to to be honest with you, I, I hated training. I hated everything. I love boxing, but I hated everything about training. And you know, my dad was always strict on me. He was, he was really tough on me. You know, we lived a, a hard childhood because my dad was very. He was a man. He was disciplined. Very disciplined. us a lot. But um, I just there's just something about boxing that I fell in love with. You know, um, what can you not love about beating people up? <laughs> you know what I mean? So absolutely. It's a, no, it's 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 been a blessing. You know what I mean? Now there's been so much times that I try to quit boxing when I was younger, but. There's always been something calling me back to boxing. So I, I think this is my calling. I don't think this is my calling. And I'm just, like I said, I'm I'm very happy for all the work I've put in. I'm very grateful for my father, very grateful for my mother, my brother, and all my family has pushed me to this, to this moment. Fantastic. Hey, David, could you share with everybody your emotions when you had your first pro fight at the age of 16? So my emotions, I'm not going to lie to you. I was scared as shit. You know, I was super scared. Um, Not only because I didn't believe in myself, because it's just, it's, it's, when you go from amateur to professional, it's, whole, it's completely different. You know, you're fine with little gloves, no no headgear. So I was just, it was just a rush of, of, of emotion, of nervous energy, mm -hmm. you know. But then after the first round, you know, got comfortable, got into the fight. And then I stopped the guy in the first round. And, you know, um, yeah, that was, it was, it was really stressful. I'm not going to lie. My first fight was really stressful. At the age of 16 as well, I mean, a lot of pressure. I understand you left school and stuff like that to pursue this career um so that's crazy was your first fight in mexico yeah my first fight in mexico was in mexico um my dad so i can let me take you let me give you the whole background about that i had been boxing since i was two years old but my 
my parents divorced when I was seven. Okay. So I was back and forth with my, my mom's and my dad's. Mm -hmm. My brother had won uh the golden gloves national tournament and then you know he was getting scouted by all these promotion companies so he and my father moved to La uh, los angeles they lived in north hollywood to be exact they, they they're living in in um in an apartment that freddie roach had right next to the wild card cool. so around cool. this time i i went to move with my mom because i wanted to stay with my mom and it was my first break i've had my whole life of boxing i didn't box for like a year and a half and i was 170 um, before they left, after they left, seven months later, I was 250. So I remember there was this point I was in seventh grade, which really, this is really what turned me to become a professional boxer and really put my own to boxing. I was in seventh grade at the time. I had nine years boxing I, my whole life. But since I was a fat kid, I remember going up and it's funny because the teacher's name was Mr. Drummond. Mm -hmm. And where did he, for some reason, I shook his hand, he felt my hands like, wow, you have really soft hands. Like, uh, what do you do? I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I, the only thing I do is box. And he told me, how long have you been boxing for? I said, nine years. The whole class started laughing at me. Everybody started laughing at me and I'm just so pissed off. I'm like, I'm wasting my whole life boxing and these people don't even believe that I'm a boxer. And then it was just a wait till I looked at myself one day in the mirror. It was just, I had got to this point. I told myself it's, it's either I lose weight or I'm gonna hit a point in no return where I'm just going to be big. And I'm my whole life that I wasted boxing. It's going to, it's not going to amount to nothing because I'm overweight and I'm not going to be nothing. So there I made the decision to go with my dad and my brother. I moved to Hollywood and um, it was just funny because my brother, he was always very talented and dad, they would tell everybody at the gym, Oh, you think Jose is good? He has a younger brother. Wait till he gets here. So mm -hmm. I remember, I still remember the first day I got to the gym, a little fat kid. Like, is this the kid you were talking about? Like, I'm, like, bro, this dude is fat. He can't do nothing. So that I feel like, uh, what really trans, what really inspired me and motivated me to train was just to, to prove everybody wrong. Right. So that was where I really got the energy. I started becoming, having these legendary sparrings in the gym where I would just beat up grown men. I was 14 years old, a little butterball, 12, uh, no, I was 13 years old, beating grown men, you know, that are really powerful, really strong. And then I started sparring uh, world champions and stuff. And then I would get scared a lot because these grown men, the first real champion I sparred was the name of Latif Coyote. He was from uh, Kenya. And he had, uh, he's real African dude. He had scars on his face because they said that when he was born over there, they'd mark him and they'd scar his whole face. And then my dad told me one day, he's like, you're going to spar him. And I'm there shitting my pants. I'm like, bro, like this dude's big. He's a grown man. I'm a little kid. But I, I told my dad, um, if you have confidence in me that I could go in there and I could, you know, do good with this guy, then, you know, I, I know you're not going to put me in there to get killed. But it was a hard sparring, but the, the best has always come out of me when I get in, in those hard situations, hard sparrings. So that's really how I, I made my uh, momentum. I was sparring champion to champion. I sparred Golovkin before he ever made his U.S. Yeah, debut. Yeah. And we had a great sparring session, great sparring session. So I really just gave me all the experience I needed to go in there and be who I am today. That's why I feel like I'm a monster and I'm relentless and nobody's going to take that from me because I used to battle world champions as a little kid. And these were not friendly sparring sessions. These were, we're going to keep going until somebody gets knocked out. Let's see who backs off first. I wasn't out Triple G. It was great. It was great. That <laughs> taught me a lot. Awesome. He really did teach me a lot. And that guy, I I salute him because he's a great dude. He's a great teacher. He's a great man all, uh, all around. And um, I just learned a lot from being with him. And then, you know, starting in my fights, more confidence, more confidence. And here we are today. Awesome.
David, how have you overcome adversity in your career so far? So adversity, I've had a lot of adversity in my career and in my life. Um, sometimes, if I'm being honest with you, when you, a fat kid like me comes up, he has no friend. Or he has a little bit of friends, but I that didn't have really self esteem, mm -hmm. you know. So I I would get invited to parties and stuff like this, and I did stuff I didn't wasn't supposed to do, and I paid for it. Right. But I feel like for me in my life, all the lessons that I've got, you know, that I put myself in bad situations, I've always been blessed. There's something that's been guiding my life that I've been blessed. Because when I got suspended for what I got suspended for, I was in Vegas and I moved here to Seattle. I met my fiance and we had a baby. If I would have never got suspended, I would never have my my son Anthony. Absolutely. So it's just um, it's just I don't know. I feel like I'm getting, you know, somebody's like uh controlling, not controlling my life, but leading me into into the right path. You know, what I mean, there's been a lot of adversity, but as a man, you feel like if you make the mistakes, you have to look at your life and see that sometimes the things I'm not doing are wrong, and I have to help hold myself accountable. Sure. And um, I just I've been trying to live my life the right way. You know, For the sure. past couple of years is now it's God boxing and family and that's really how i live today and everything's going amazing that's amazing this actually segues right into the next yep. question that i have you know i i you know what are your it's part of me here um how important is faith and family to you like how do you separate the warrior from the family man does that ever does that become conflicting when you're training or getting ready for for a major fight yeah honestly uh, it, it doesn't conflict it it yeah. only it only like kind of goes into my family life when I'm like three weeks left to the fight and there's no taking the warrior out three weeks away from the fight. So, I mean, sometimes I'm a little grumpy, you know, I'm not going to lie, but it's just that uh, you, if you, if you do things right, you know, the Lord and God will reward you. You know what I mean? And it's just, like I said, that goes back to, you know, putting everybody before myself. You know, I, I like to see a lot of people happy. I do a lot of stuff for my people and I feel like I get rewarded, you know, after I take care of everybody. And, um, like I said, man, it's, it's, it's just a blessing. Every day every day I wake up is a blessing, and I'm just happy to be where I'm at today. That's awesome, brother. All right, so we know David Benavides now. We understand <laughs> him a lot better, and, you know, this is great. So let's talk a little boxing, can we? Yeah. Awesome. So next weekend, no, 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 no surprise to anybody. We got Charlo and Canelo. What are your thoughts on that fight, and how do you manifest yourself in the bigger picture? Because in my personal opinion... He's got three fights with PBC. He can't run from you anymore, brother. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on the fight and your manifestation of yourself playing out as maybe number three on yeah. his list here? So right now I'm gonna talk as a as a as a point of view of not being biased. You no, know, 100%. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Charlo, he's a great fighter. Canelo's a great fighter, but I just feel like it's just too much. Charlo's coming up too much in weight. You know what I mean? I feel 21 like pounds. Yeah, Canelo, he's strong right now. He's comfortable at that weight class. But you know, I, I'm not gonna take nothing away from Charlo. I'm not gonna say it's an easy fight for Canelo because it's not. Charlo's talented and he's bigger than Canelo. So it's gonna be a good fight, but I just feel like Canelo's gonna take it. Um, and this might be a tough fight, it might be a split decision fight, or Canelo might stop in the late rounds with body shots. Because if you look at Charlo, he's susceptible to the left hooks to the head and to the body. So um so it's going to be a great fight, but what I do want to say is um, I feel like we're going to manifest this because Canelo's going to beat Charlo, and then Canelo's supposed to fight Charlo, another one, but my brother's going to fight him on my card in the co-main event. Exclusive. And my brother, he's going to win the fight. So then after we take the other Charlo out of the equation, then it's just me and Canelo right there. So I feel like these, these past years, I've been uh, number one contender for the past two years. Yes. 
I haven't been making a lot of noise because it's not my style to go in there and just keep disrespecting and just, you know, I don't really like all that social media stuff and just, you know, going same, saying the same thing over and over and over again. I feel like the fans, they're going to put pressure on the promotion company and the fighters to make this fight happen. And I believe I'm the best at 168. You know, I believe that Canelo's never seen nobody like me, my speed and my power, my footwork and everything I have. And I'm just motivated. I'm hungry for this fight. You know, I'm hungry. I see it and I want it. And um, we're going to go take all his belts. No, 100%. I kind of, I agree. I think Canelo's going to take it. What, In my opinion, what makes him scary, he wants to prove something right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's really scary. Yeah, but the thing about me is I want to, I want to prove I don't care about proving it to the world. I want Canelo to know that I'm better than him. I want him to say that David Benavides is just a better man. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to make happen. Okay. But it's not going to be an easy fight at all. You know what I mean? But this is, like I said, going back to when I was a little kid, when I get put in that situation where I really have to fight with the best, the, the best will come out of me. And I know that for a fact. So that's why I'm calm, cool, calm, collective, you know, right now. And um, I'm going to just keep winning, man. Awesome. They're not, they're not going to be able to run for me for too long because I'm not going there. Absolutely. David, when it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? How do you want to be remembered by the fans? So when it's all said and done, um, I want to be the greatest in my generation. And it's funny because I've been doing like a lot of soul searching lately and I've been thinking, trying to think of more manifestation. I used to think back then, oh, I want, I want to be the greatest. No, you have to tell yourself, I am the greatest. You have to believe you're the greatest because once you speak those words, the body starts to believe it. Absolutely. And if you put in the work, you got faith in God and you're doing what everything you're supposed to do. The world kind of like makes everything work in your favor. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like I'm going to be the greatest. I am the greatest. That's and awesome. um, I'm just working. Like I said, I want to be multiple. I want to be three division weight champion. I could do. I'm at 168. I'm not going to be here for too much longer. 168. I'm going to go up to 75. I sparred Bivol, almost dropped him twice. Wow. I sparred him a lot. He's a great fighter, but he's a great fighter. Yeah. It's not easy. No. But then I could go up to cruiserweight and maybe heavyweight. You know what I mean? So oh. so we're just um I've been boxing for 20, 23 years now. You know, so now I feel like this is a moment that matters most in my life. And this is the most dedicated I've been in my whole life. You know, I got family, I got God, I got everything on my side. So I'm going to just go, I'm going to make these goals for myself. I'm going to reach for the sky, but we're going to accomplish all the goals. Oh, I said. The stars are aligned. My yeah. The stars are aligned. So boo-boo. Yeah. Boo -boo. Can we, what can we share? Boo -boo. Can we talk about it? Yeah. So we're in a fight November 25th. We, we don't know exactly uh, what location is going to be. It's either Texas or Las Vegas, but it's going to be a great fight, man. I feel like boo-boo, he's, he's been wanting an opportunity, you know, and I've been wanting to fight him for a long time. Either I don't want no easy fights no more. You know, I'm not, I, I want the hardest fights I could possibly get. Boo-Boo, he's up there. Once I beat him, I'm going to have even more respect and I'm going to have more experience in the ring. This is going to be my second pay-per-view fight. So once we get to the Canelo fight, we're going to be real comfy in there. So it's time to get it. What What were the options for you, if you can share that? Because that, last time we talked, we were talking Mungia and Yeah, and so, so. Well, Mungia too. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect nobody, nope. but Mungia, we were negotiating for like two months. I thought it was going to happen. It was a really big fight. Last minute, they pulled out. You know what I mean? I don't know if it was a fighter, the manager, whatever, but they pulled out. We were expected to fight him, and it didn't It didn't happen. So um, then I, I called out him, and I said, you know what? Boo-boo's on the table. Let's get him. And that's that's where we're at right now. That's awesome, brother, man. All right, so what we like to do, if possible, we play a little game called, you know, it's like triggers, right? Mm -hmm. you, Chance is going to shoot out five names to you. Mm -hmm. And just your instant reaction to those guys. Mm -hmm. So let's go, Chance. Let's do it. All right, David. Manny Pacquiao. 
a phenom with extreme speed and power. Nice. We already mentioned him earlier. You mentioned him. Triple G. That guy, he's a living legend, great man, um, a great teacher as well. Nice. The Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. He's a character. He's a giant. <laughs> he's a he's a funny guy, but he's an he's an awesome champion. Nice. And one of your stable mates, our Canadian brother, Cody the Crippler Crowley. Oh, he's a great fighter, man. He's a he's a uh, a great boxer. Um and he's a great man too. I that's seen his last uh his post fight uh interview. And I just mm -hmm. you know, I respect that guy so much. And you know, he's he's a great man. Absolutely. And last but not least, Canelo. Great fighter, but he's a duck. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, how did you feel after the Caleb fight? Was that what you were expecting it to be, or what did it exceed your expectations? So I, now that you brought that up, I got a couple stories for that fight. Sure. So that fight, I mean, man, it was it was definitely an experience. My first pay per view fight. It was it was everything I thought it was going to be and more. It was probably the most fun I've ever had in one fight. Yeah. Um, if you see me, I was smiling from ear to ear the whole really the whole fight. Um, and I gained a lot of respect for Caleb, and I, I know he gained my respect too. Um, was that real heat? Yeah, it was, I just didn't like. I didn't like him for like four years, okay. you know, for a long time. So it was it was real. Um, but it it was great, man. Everything about it, the press conference and all, everything was was amazing. Um, so now that fight, after literally after that fight, it just it it woke something up in me and just made me way more motivated, way more hungrier. That's why I'm saying I'm more dedicated now than I've ever been in my life, you know, because. I just want to keep showing people that I am the best and I want to keep putting on great fights like that. Everybody's told me about that fight. Like we had the best time. That was one of the greatest fights we've ever seen live. And that's just what I want to do. I want to be an entertainer. I want to entertain people like that with great fights. Yeah, absolutely. So, so before um, we get to the next question, that fight, I got poisoned that fight. So I was, we eat uh, after the wings, we go eat, eat the food and then I'm in bed by 10 and my, my fiance is up like 11. But then I wake up again at 2 a.m. And there's like a waiter going in my room from the hotel. Wow. And they put a cake, pizza, no, a, a pizza, a cheesecake, and a Coke right there. So I'm like, he comes out, he leaves the room. So I'm like, well, my fiance must have ordered it. Yeah. I go downstairs. I see the pizza is looking good. I'm like, oh, well, I'm a little hungry. And now I'm, I took a bite of the pizza. But something was telling me, it's like, like that piece is not good. And then immediately I thought about the Michael Jordan food game, you know, and yeah. they brought on the pizza. So then I'm, I'm kind of tripped out in my head. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm just think overthinking. I go upstairs and I, I even tell, I tell my fiance, I'm like, Hey, Karina, the, the pizza and cake you ordered downstairs. It's downstairs just for myself reinsurance. Like I didn't order anything. It's like, you didn't order the pizza, the cheesecake, or the soda. I didn't order none of that. So immediately I went downstairs and I made myself throw up. And um, the next day I, I felt a little weak and you know, I felt a little tired, but I didn't let that get to me at all. And before the fight too, I, I went to the bathroom like, like seven times. It was like my stomach was real messed up. Oh, wow. Literally right before the fight, like an hour leading up to it, I was using the bathroom. I even had a, I, I was my, they were putting my gloves on. I had to tell them to take it off. So I go to the bathroom. So I did seven times. I've never heard about that. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't really want to make a big yeah, deal yeah, about it yeah, either yeah. because, you know, at the end of the day, it's the MGM. Yeah. I, I want to keep fighting. That Absolutely. Shit. I, Absolutely. Want to yeah, I get it. I get it. But now we, I just, I know now not accept food from any, or if the, if it's food Unless goes it's in there, yeah. we make the food and or that's how I from the family, right? Exactly. Absolutely. exactly. So in that fight, um, 
just I was curious because when I when I was watching it, I'm thinking, what's Caleb doing? Yeah, I felt like he was getting everything he had in that first three rounds. He showed everything. Yeah, did you get the same impression? And did that change your game plan or anything? No, I I, I knew immediately that he was going to move around. He he hugged a lot. Yeah, the, yeah. I even see the video of TikTok where they counted the hugs. He hugged him like sixty five times, yeah, probably seven. Yeah, and they didn't take no points away from him. So I knew. See, when I when I spar here, I'll, I'll do fifteen rounds, four different guys. Right. Sometimes it might be five guys. I'll go up to seventeen. Right. So I knew I was I knew a hundred percent what he was gonna do. I knew he's gonna move around, you know. But at the end of the day, he was gonna tire himself out. Oh wow! You know what I mean? Because yeah. he tired himself out when he stood he stood in front of me. That's when I started doing more damage and stuff. But he was a good fighter. He was a really good fighter. He had me keep moving my feet, and it was hard. He was it was hard to cut the corners from him because he kept moving. He moved a lot, but like I said, this is the experience I need. You know what I mean? And we had a it was a great fight and. The crowd was crazy, man. It was like it was it was it was surreal. It was like something I've always dreamt about. And it was just it lived up to the expectation. That's fantastic, man. David, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. This has been a privilege and an honor. Um we're just a couple of dudes from Vancouver. Yeah. And you know, we have a unique product that no one in Vancouver is doing this. So yeah. Uh, thank you for taking the time, the energy from your family. It's a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. You could be doing so many amazing things. Yeah. But you're hanging out with me. Yeah. Thank and, you. And I'm blessed and I'm privileged. And we're both blessed and privileged. Thank you. And thank you for letting us watch you train you when we came down. I appreciate I, that. I just want to say something to like the kids that yeah. train and yeah. stuff. Honestly, whatever you want to do, if you want to be a world champion or you want to be basketball player, whatever, you're gonna have to put as much work as you as you can as possible and always want to do better you know even i tell my guys at the gym too just because you're done boxing doesn't mean you're done for the day and what i mean about that is you try to work as much as you can or if you get home i just watch boxing all day so i'm always learning you know i'm always learning i watch hours and hours and hours of boxing so if you really want if you really want to elevate yourself you got to do as much put in as much work as you can to get there because you're not going to get rewarded with putting half-ass work you know what I mean? There's thousands yeah. of people doing half-ass work, but the ones that get to the top are the ones that really put their life and so on the line and, you know, really work as hard as they can. So, and then also too, another thing that goes hand in hand with this is I've had personal experiences is if you're nice to everybody, you know, if you put everybody before you, you make sure everybody's good. If you're nice, even when people's not looking, you know what I mean? Yeah. God will put stuff in, they'll put plays into your life where just things just fall into place. There's been, I've had, Twice that it's happened to me, I was, I was in I was painting a training camp, and at the time I was 23, I was paying my house off. I got it; it was like 800,000, and then I'm still paying a training camp of 65,000, 70,000. So I was down to like 20,000 dollars, 10,000 dollars, and I still had three months to go. So I'm just waiting. There was like, uh, no, we had we had a month to go to the fight, and I'm just like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. And I prayed. I'm like, please, could you could you just help me? I just need 10,000 dollars. The hey, next day, hey. I get a sponsor. Somebody hits me up saying, we want to sponsor you. And they said, how much? I said, 10000 The next day, it was in my account. That's beautiful. That happened awesome. to me twice. That happened to me twice. The father works in mysterious ways, yeah. my friend. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like people, especially with all this stuff going on now, man, the music and all this stuff, people, they're, a lot of these people are really bad influenced. You know what I mean? 100%. And it's just, it sucks to see it because we're seeing it in real time. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, keep your faith. Keep your faith in God. You know, always be a good person, even when nobody's looking and God will take care of you. Absolutely. All right. Before we end, I just had one more question, if I could. As a kid growing up, as a boxing fan, take 
take Devin to be the side of the ring now. You're just a fan watching. Who were your mentors and who were your favorite boxers growing up? My favorite boxers were um, Prince Nassim Hamed, Roy Jones Jr., Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, Marco Antonio Barrera, Mike Tyson. The list goes on and on. As like I'm saying, I'm a student of, I love boxing. I watch boxing all day, but those are the top. And it's just that it's, it's been a really cool experience because I met a lot of those people. And it's just like once you have the res- once they have the same respect that you have for them, yeah. you know, it's, it's just something that you can't buy. It's something unexplainable. It makes you even more hungry. Uh, did you see uh, his son Adam fight? Who? Prince Nassim's son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's Nassim good. got it, though. I love this yeah, comment. It's like, why are they all comparing him to me? Yeah. No one can compare to me. <laughs> yeah. That guy's genius, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, David, thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show. Uh, I'm Bobby Sam. Thank you. Chance Michaels. In the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sap and Chats. Everybody, have a great weekend. Please be safe. If you're going to drink, if you're going to do your thing, do it. Be happy. But just remember, you have family. So put the keys away because we want you to come back for the Tuesday show. Sap and Chats out.